0: as above, so below. Crystals connect into the higher beings. And so then it goes into, um, so it's earth, then it's like water, then it's ether. And each one connects into different, I guess, dimensions or different elements of the higher beings. But the crystal is the most connected in terms of to the highest beings and the higher realms, because they all are created by earth over millions of years. And so they are the purest form of unwavering spiritual organs that we can connect into. You got to accentuate the positive. Oh, I feel
1: good. A little bit of feel goes a long way. Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's always wonderful to be with you again. And please remember, if you're liking the shows and our conversations, to like and subscribe and put a comment if you're watching on YouTube or send me an email if you're listening on audio and share the show with your friends. Today, I have the most gorgeous goddess to introduce you to. Her name is Cassandra Scardino. Welcome to the show, Cassandra.
0: Blessings.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Cassandra is from Sydney and I've known her for a couple of years, not long. And she's doing the most amazing things in Sydney, honestly, holding vision and holding space for people on their awakening, conscious, expanding journey. Let me read Cassandra's bio. It's quite long and we'll get into it. And we're going to explore and discuss crystals today. All righty, here we go. Cassandra Scardino is the vision director of The Temple, Surrey Hills, a place that hosts conscious events with esoteric and metaphysical New Age threads. Cassandra works as a psychic healer crystal teacher spiritual coach and the temple facilitator building light community for like-minded people raised in sydney australia cassandra was a curious child who believed there was more to life than meets the eye her mother was part of a spiritual church and when she was in her early teens cassandra became aware of a spiritual world that was to become her work in this world born an empath cassandra has the ability to understand what people go through and the way to help them get through tough times. She unlocked her potential more after studying pranic healing back in 2011. Her childhood was filled with many harsh times, bullied through school, long-term depression that was medicated after a suicide attempt when she was in year 12, irritable bowel syndrome and anorexia, along with many other social disorders, which she cured and cleared through inner work the school of hard knocks allows her to relate to the suffering people go through and to give them hope that they too can heal themselves and help themselves at 29 cassandra let go of everything she knew at the time a fashion label, a secure corporate job. And she asked the universe, what is my purpose? I think a lot of people are doing that at this time. And she never looked back. At 33, Mm. the green flag was given to move forward into a whole, with no holding back. Shine the light into this world as a mentor for the new age we're all shifting into was her instructions from spirit finding crystals crystals have been the continuing theme in her life's legacy to this world cassandra says the greatest gift you can give anyone is the ability to empower their choices crystals are one way that cassandra communicates this skill as they represent aspects of what we are searching for within ourselves the transformation they create is profound and when you learn how to communicate with crystals they are your absolute allies and tools for ascension in this life cassandra now travels to melbourne and brisbane hosting workshops and has recently been accredited internationally with her modality point of light crystal therapy that is a combination of energetic reprogramming rewriting cellular memory in the human matrix and resolving many conflicts in people's lives she is working to create a common mission for health abundance sustainability and well-being within the community and a beacon for those seeking assistance on their spiritual awakening and empowerment journey you can find cassandra at cassandra s-c-a-r-d-i-n-o cassandra scardino.com is scardino in italian is that italian yeah it is so your dad's Italian. Is your dad Italian? Yeah,
0: from Sicily.
1: Ah, beautiful. I think you told me that you've got Mexican or South American in your blood as well. Like you're a bit of the my mum's Mexican, right? Sort of uh, United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's go. Let's go back into your childhood. Sounds like you had a hard time. I think that so many young light workers can relate to this story. Uh, they've come into this world to understand contrast. So they sort of set up a really hard time. You did that with illness. Like what was happening when you were younger?
0: I had a really difficult childhood. I was bullied all the way from, I can remember even being bullied when I was probably in um, year one. So it was pretty much from that point until year 12 when I'd attempted suicide that I'd been dealing with bullying all through primary and high school just for being nice you know not being able to defend myself and having very um just unable to stand up for myself and uh
1: that kind of caused a lot of the illnesses that I was dealing with do you think that because you were so empathic that was a part of the bullying like you were so sensitive did you sort of like go into a shell not being able to cope with the harshness of the emotional vibration of this world
0: I feel like because I was so empathic I was brought into a family that needed somebody that could hold space for them and I did that a lot for my family because I was so accommodating and um coming from a ethnic background where we share our love by doing things for the other person and like it's almost one of those things if you are a child and you you are given everything that you uh, ever wanted, then in return, they kind of want that person to listen to. Or um, in my circumstances, there was a lot of not being able to live my own life. I was very much told from when I was young what I should be doing. So I was um, led on that journey of, you know, don't do arts, don't do drama, you know, you're never going to make money doing that so it was always like computers business you know advanced maths and English and that just was not who I was and so I always constantly felt like who I was was never good enough Mm -hmm. and that kind of I think was part of the challenges and one of the things that I find as somebody that was the black sheep A lot of people come to me as the black sheep in their family. And I explain to them that that's part of their journey as the ripple in the pond, being somebody that can create change by working on themselves, identifying who they are and standing up And not saying, you know, mom, dad, you're wrong, but mom, dad, you brought me into this world so that I could be who I'm meant to be, not so that I can, you know, be who you want me to be. And you need to let me live my life and respect my choices. And that kind of, in a way, lets them see that they also have to do that work. And so I think that was part of my illness as well, was the bullying and then not being seen and heard in my own family.
1: Wow, it's amazing because you're a couple of generations younger than me. It's amazing that that was still going on, and maybe it's still going on today with kids. And I don't know. Hopefully, you know, your generation, having been through that, will bring up children that don't have to go through that, and just allow them, just allow them to be who they came to be, shine, just shine. So yeah, the chain of pain. And uh, t- tell me about your mom. You said that she is in what a spiritualist church. What was that all about?
0: When I was younger, it would have been early teens. My mother actually was part of a group. They they were called the Vega Spiritual Church. And Vega is part of the Constellation Star System. I'm not sure if it's the Arcturians or Pallades that are part of the Vega system. But the woman that actually ran, ran the church, it was, I think back in those days, a lot of um, spiritual churches were for women that had already, you know, gone past that phase of being worried about what other people thought of them. Mm -hmm. And so the general, um, group members were women in their, you know, fifties and onwards that, kind of really had spiritual gifts but were looking for other like-minded people and so I felt like I was this little teeny tiny child amongst all these really wise older women and my mother gravitated towards this group I'm not sure how she actually was introduced by them but at that point it was a real game changer for me because the first ever activity that they got us to do which was psychometry Um, they got everybody's keys and put them in brown paper bags and they just you know let me start reading them and just from feeling the keys I could automatically start telling people's um, energy and the woman that ran the group really saw my abilities and, and also saw the suffering that I'd gone through. And so that was kind of like my first opening up into the spiritual realm.
1: Wow. So even though your mother was into this, she didn't see it as anything that you could like make a career or a living out of. It was just, she was just dabbling in, I don't know, spiritual stuff. And it wasn't kind of something that you've got to, take seriously or you know you can you can make a life out of
0: my mom has like very strong beliefs in spirit and because I think in Mexico the Mexican culture has a lot of similarities to um, which not witchcraft and things like that but that kind of black magic gets used there similar to in the Philippines or in um, some of the South American countries, like that's still, even in Africa, like voodoo and stuff like that. So I think there wasn't that kind of um, taboo around it, but it was never something that she considered a career. It was more just something she understood was real and something that she could Um, relate to even though that wasn't her world so she kind of went to it as a, a form of community and also for us as my mother and daughter connection
1: oh nice beautiful so where what happened to sort of wake you up it's it says in your bio that um i think you were 29 when you kind of let go of like, I'm going to be a fashion designer, you know, the whole corporate thing, I'm going to call up the corporate ladder and do, Oh, I remember that so well. And then you you kind of surrendered to why you were here. What was happening?
0: (laughs) You know, 29 feels like young, but now I see so many young 20 year olds doing that. And I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, at you know, at that point, I'd already lived my career as a fashion designer, and when the financial crisis hit, everything got lost. And at that point. I wasn't going to pursue fashion due to the industry being um, quite fragile. And so I went into corporate and was earning really good money, but really miserable, not happy whatsoever, even with all of the shoes and handbags that I was buying. And um, I think at that point I remembered that, you know, if you ever want answers, you just ask the universe. And so I really just took a a moment in that, in that time because I wasn't happy. My body wasn't well, I still had irritable bowel syndrome and chronic tonsillitis. And that was something um, even after quitting any type of drinking, you know, changing my health to be vegan, there was still a lot of things that hadn't healed themselves, And so, that kind of led me down that track of going okay if there is more to life and I'm if I need to be doing something then I'm really ready to open myself up to that because there wasn't anything else that I hadn't really explored.
1: Yeah it's a big jump isn't it going from a corporate job that gives you that security and money to sort of throwing yourself into this world of healing and spiritual awakening where people haven't yet not saying that they don't but really valued it as much as other mainstream things because you've been doing this for a long time now you know running a facility and you've you've still got to pay all the bills the rent and everything how's it been going (laughs) it's not been easy has it
0: I can honestly say it was such a long time ago, but the biggest thing that I had to learn was trust. And oh. that's one of the biggest lessons in spirit, Yeah, you know, is is being a master manifester when I was doing all of my creating and getting to those points where it's like creating all of these things that I wanted and then having to make that choice that I'm no longer equipped to be in the corporate world this is not who I am and not where I want to see myself but having to trust in that manifestation of like changing my career and I remember so vividly I I managed to manifest all of these jobs that kept on um, giving me more flexibility to do my spiritual work but I still wasn't completely leaving the job I wasn't leaving working for an office or leaving that you know security of having some kind of income to fully just you know, surrender into my path. And so I had manifested this one job where all I had to work was four hours a day and then I'd have the rest of the day off. But I remember every day I would walk into that job and my body would completely shut down. It was like no part of me could actually handle being in that environment. And I remember just being like, okay, spirit, if this is, you know, the, the, end of the road I'm gonna like take that leap of faith and eventually I just resigned and had that fear but also allowing myself to just kind of drop into what's the worst thing that could happen like if I really had to move back home as the worst case scenario then I allowed myself to be okay with that and just say that there is nothing worse than living that life at the end of, of my days going, I wish I had just taken that leap of faith, you know, on my deathbed going, I wish I'd just given myself that little bit of extra, you know, push. And so that's all it took was me to be like, okay, worst case scenario, I move back home or I couch surf with my friends, whatever it is. And, I remember some weeks, like it would be great. There would be plenty of money coming through and then there'd be one week where there wasn't anything and I'd have to like, you know, go back into my trust and keep myself in that faith. And then sure enough, the next week I'd make double of what I needed to, and that would cover everything. So it was just like that constant, like dropping into that trust until I allowed my, my fears to just melt away. And, and then it was never turning back really.
1: Oh, trust is such a big one, isn't it? I so remember those lessons of trust when I was uh, doing, yeah. How old was I? I think I was in my thirties and working in the film industry cooking and um, yeah, not that I hated it. It's just that I just didn't agree with what I was doing. Like I'm getting paid $15 an hour to cook all these rich fatty foods for fat executives that are making commercials about things that we don't need. It just like, it wasn't a part of my whole consciousness understanding of what life's all about, but they paid me. It was only $15 an hour, long days, really long days, but, um, yeah. And, and then just, just giving that up to go full time as a healer and, and knowing that, um, yeah, knowing that that would sustain me, it's such a big thing. But anyway, trust, it's its a bit, but you still, it's, it's ongoing, isn't it? Trust is an ongoing thing, right? It's like uh, doing this work and finding somewhere to live and trusting that you're being looked after. It's an ongoing thing.
0: Yeah, I, it's one of those things I say to my students, like if you want to live a big game and if you really have, you know, big Aspirations for yourself, the amount that you want to hold, because at the end of the day, the one common denominator in everything in your life is you. And so at that point, when I had to shift between leaving corporate to this life of self, you know, being my embodiment, there was a shift in what I was holding and a shift in the energy that I was bringing through. But as I've done those shifts, it's made me go, okay, now I'm ready for bigger things. And and those bigger goals, those bigger visions mean that I have to keep dropping into that trust, dropping into that faith, because there's more energy that has to come through. And that means that you have to also allow for that transformation or those gro- that growth and you think about children as they grow they have those growing pains and so just like everybody else like you know growing into those new challenge like those new visions means i also have to drop away a, a lot of the shadow or i have to meet my fears and and being able to hold those new vibrations hold that new energy to flow through me
1: yeah, absolutely. So tell us how you healed the irritable bowel and depression and stuff that you're going through as a teenager. It says that you did the inner work. What, what, what was that like?
0: So, irritable bowel syndrome or any kind of stomach issues is usually linked to emotions because our solar plexus is located at the base of the rib cage and so that area is connected to all of our organs and how we digest life so if we have issues with conflict if we find that we're constantly on edge. And for me, I would always wake up with stomach pain before going to school because I dreaded having to deal with people deal with, you know, the, the bullies, even teachers. Um, That's kind of that constant, that constancy happening over however many years, you know, created the irritable bowel syndrome, created the lactose intolerance. And it wasn't until I was able to actually take the time out and meet those fears because of how much I resisted being around people. Like, you know, now I have no issues. Even if I meet somebody that resists me, I don't buy into it, but it took a lot of having to train and understand those issues and also see other people's perspective of how that person is just somebody that is a vibrational field or a match in what I'm afraid of and a test to see if I will resonate with it or if I choose to actually say, that's not who I am. And that from this point forward, I'm no longer allowing that frequency to be my match anymore. And so that's the process that I went through. And that's kind of like the shadow work that I I talk about that every time you wanna grow, you have to meet those things that make you uncomfortable. So that that way you can be able to say that that's not who I am anymore. So you can actually.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Shadow work. So what you're experiencing is reflecting what we're holding inside. So it's not for us to judge the other, but to say, how am I like that too? Like, where can I let go of that attitude or where can I let go of that fear that I'm witnessing in another or I'm experiencing from another? That's the most important work I think we can do really in this world is to take responsibility for how we're flowing our energy and what we're attracting because like attracts like, right? So if we're attracting bullies, how am I bullying myself? How am I beating up on myself? And can I love myself more? And when you do, it just reflects outside yourself, right?
0: Yeah, it's like really important right now that we come at these circumstances with an approach of love. And I know love can be such a wide viewpoint, but the thing that I'm seeing more and more is that if we keep on judging and if we keep on having this blame around other people, the world and ourselves, there is no getting off that you know, cycle of continuing that trauma, continuing those issues. And so if we can live in the present moment and allow ourselves to just kind of remember that we are creators and if we want, we can always change anything. And that is the power, that is the absolute power that we have when we understand our reality and we understand the things that are uh, here in this world as challenges, not just for ourselves but for the collective because there are so many things on, on a collective scale that we have to heal, so many woundings that need to be looked at with a, a, a touch of understanding that that those people are really just hurt and have no one to actually allow them to grow. And so one of the biggest things that I learned from pranic healing is the worst thing you could do is have pity or shame on someone because you're sending that vibration to them. And so the reason why I always send blessings or if there's something that happens like road rage, instead of getting angry at that person, I always say blessings that they get to their place safely. Or if I see somebody that's on the road that's homeless, I say blessings that you find food and shelter. And so instead of sending them anger or pity, you're actually opening them up to a better path, a a chance for them to rise up, which is what we all need.
1: Absolutely. So beautifully said. Thank you. So beautifully said. It's so interesting. Just lately, I've noticed a lot of people that I've known for a long time that have been that are spiritual healers and been in the spiritual world for a long time. Uh, and, and, And I think that they think that they've done so much work that they don't have challenges anymore. And yet this stuff is coming up for them and they're, I can't believe how many people are playing victims to oh, this person and they're playing a victim to that person or, um, yeah, just watching some people that I've known for a long time just go, just stay, be in their stuff, be in their upset, in their anger, in their victimhood. And I'm scratching my head thinking, wow, you know, you really, you really." You haven't you haven't sort of understood the game yet, <laughs> you know. So uh, it's so you know I can't judge them either. We all need to be reminded that is what is happening is a reflection of how we feel inside, and that we can't play a victim to anyone. It's just like, what are you showing me? I always say three hundred and sixty five degree of mirrors. It's like, what are you showing me about the distortion or the upset that I'm still holding on to? That needs to be released, and just like you say, Cass, it's um, there's so much collective distortion, and we're holding it uh, from our lineage and communities and religious, and you know. So sometimes when we're dealing it on a personal level, we're healing it on a collective level. Yeah.
0: Yes. Hundred percent. And it's like when we are dealing with that pain and that trauma, how much energy are we giving it? Cause one of the things when because you know, even as a person that feels very self-aware and can still get caught up in the drama, right? Because that's what right. it is. It's the drama. Yeah. And you know, the that drama when you're in it can be so consuming mentally and emotionally. Right. And that can be the biggest detriment to you and your environment because that you know, 10% of whatever is not working for you can end up taking 80% of your life or your life force energy. And so if that's happening, then what is your life force energy feeding into? And at what cost is that coming at? Because every time I'm upset, that's time I could have been spent being productive, doing things that could help and, you know, make this world a better place. And that's kind of the biggest trap that people find themselves in is that they're giving all this energy and that's not what they want to be doing. So it's really important to count their blessings and just be like, even though this isn't really working, I'm still really lucky. I have an amazing home. I'm in Australia. I've got, you know, community, I can eat healthy food and like these are all working for me. So I'm just going to focus on that and not let that take up the thing that is really not as important because that will eventually resolve itself and it will resolve itself a lot faster if we don't feed it
1: absolutely absolutely i think it's our egos that holds on to our point of view about being right about something and i've learned that over the years whatever i think is that i'm right about that whenever somebody has a different point of view just to entertain that point of view just to say yeah that that could be right. Yeah, you could be right. Just to entertain it. It might not be that you believe it, but to just snap you out of that really hard mindset that I'm right and you're wrong. And just and just that kind of just unlocks this cage that puts us in this drama as you say. And it allows spaciousness and non resistance. And oh, we could go into this for hours. All right. Well, I want to get into the crystals because I find the crystals amazing. When did crystals find you, or did you find the crystals? I actually got into crystals through
0: pranic healing and in pranic healing, you're not even allowed to work with crystals until you've actually done all of the preliminary. So that's like advanced, advanced, and there's a really good reason the crystals are so powerful. And in fact, it, it blows my mind how powerful they are and how um, under under educated we are around crystals and how we're not using them to their potential and what we are doing in our homes like how we keep our crystals that could also be detrimental because of the way that we need to work with them and clean them that's really important so yeah in pranic healing you aren't even allowed to work with crystals until you understand energy and that when you understand energy and you understand how powerful crystals are it just completely changes you and so once I'd learned how to work with crystals I kind of started using them and working with them and the results were just so powerful, so, so trans- transformative that it kind of led me down that track. And I've been taught by some amazing crystals how to enhance and use them as allies for our ascension.
1: So what does a crystal actually do? I mean, I know that they all have sort of different properties, but what's the overarching thing that a crystal does? So, mm-hmm. crystals, um, they are
0: the physicalization of higher spiritual beings. They're the only element on, on the planet that, apart from fire, right? So, fire can hold the frequency of celestial beings, which is why fire is used in ceremony and, you know, you light a candle to bring spirit through. But a fire is not permanent and it it still is one of those things that you'd need to have a fire constantly burning in order to hold that vibration. Whereas crystals, they do not change in their... Well, they, they change if we tamper with them. And that's one of the things that we're finding a lot more is that they're being heat treated or they're being radiated and that really affects their vibration. But the, the actual vibration of the crystal is an unwavering form of energy that connects into the highest beings, the higher beings that are here to assist us. And so each crystal holds a different vibration or a different uh, characteristic of spirit because not one crystal is the same. And so because they're all different, they can tap into these different beings or what I like like to see as angels right because the angels are higher vibrational beings and so each crystal connects into a different angel and then you can work with that angel to understand what you need or to help harmonize what's disharmonious within our own vibration
1: ah beautiful beautiful Oh, so they're high, okay, because there's so many different crystals here, and they're all part of Gaia's body, like they're all part of the earth. Um, so they're like the bridge between spirit and earth maybe. They, they are the, if, if we look at it from
0: as above, so below, crystals connect into the higher beings and so then it goes into um so it's earth then it's like water then it's ether and each one connects into different i guess dimensions or different elements of the higher beings but the crystal is the most connected in terms of to the highest beings and the higher realms because they all are created by earth over millions of years and so they are the purest form of unwavering spiritual organs that we can connect into
1: wow it sounds like water they would hold like libraries of information because like the oceans hold the story of earth like it's like a library of information so it sounds like the crystal would too like just like you're saying because they form over millions of years that they'd be gathering all the information that's been going on on earth during the, that time that it's been forming would that be right Yeah.
0: As aspects of the water is part of their power. And so that's why when they get heat treated or radiated, that extracts the water and the water is part of what helps their frequency to send out. And that's part of their power and their energy. And so that kind of aspect of them is part of who who they are in terms of their frequency but the elements of how they were created so like for example obsidian is volcanic glass so it's got the energy of the volcano in its frequency and then you know you can kind of see how selenite which is like this pillar of white light and the way that its structure looks holds that frequency in its vibration but it's the water element that's that sends it out
1: so how do we use crystals for healing like um i don't actually know anything about crystals i used to have an ex-husband that was obsessed with them. he had we had crystals all over the house but <laughs> i didn't really study them i didn't get into them i'm like oh yeah that's nice they're there <laughs> so yeah. so you're educating me today <laughs>
0: Uh, Crystals are incredible. They work through our consciousness, but they also work through our sensory perception. So our sensory perception is like the first psychic gate in psychic ability. When you're an empath, those those abilities are heightened so we can feel emotions we can feel the sensations in our body of of taste smell touch knowing and those are kind of like the first aspects of like developing ourselves psychically when crystals connect into us they're working through those elements of sight smell taste touch knowing but when we connect into them it's actually about understanding what we are lacking in and So when I teach how to work with crystals, I have to teach the person that's working with crystals first to understand what our body needs. And so if you think about the easiest way to understand if we're in disharmony, you think of pain, right? Pain in our body is physicalized disharmony in our vibrational field. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to look at that pain, then what we could start to do is understand, okay, that pain has developed because of something, whether it was an injury, whether it was, you know, over gradual time of something that happened repeatedly. And so when we understand that we can then tap into that field in our body that is not physical, right? Because even though our pain is physical, say for example we had a headache we might feel the headache in our head but if we actually understood pain then we could feel the pain outside of our head like the the energy might come around here when we think of that pain and that's kind of part of understanding the etheric Now, crystals help us to understand the etheric by going into our body and really taking the time to study all of the areas in our body that we're not connected to. And so when we can connect into those areas, then we can actually use crystals to find out what we're needing to clear that or to enhance our field because that's how they work is they you can actually go okay I've got a headache and then I can feel that in my field here but when I'm working with a crystal I'm picking up that crystal that I gravitate consciously with and when I focus on that area and I focus on the crystal, what ends up happening is the etheric end up merging and the higher vibration will always trump the lower vibration. That's just the, that that's a rule. So that any higher vibration will always win.
1: Okay. Okay. So so, what you're saying is that, okay, so you have a headache. So, maybe you've got an idea or a thought form. You know, I, I know that migraine headaches is very much to do with the way people put pressure on themselves pressure to do it right, pressure to be perfect, pressure to be on time, pressure because you're worried about what other people think. You know, it's a pressure cooker. And uh, migraine headaches is actually the blood um, sort of creating pressure in the veins and you get these migraines. So, So we're not always conscious of why we have pain or the thought forms or the ideas or the beliefs behind them. Do crystals show you that or they just heal it without you being consciously aware of it? They can do both. It depends on how
0: subtly aware you are, but some people, if they've got a lot of detoxification to go through and, and usually when I talk about detoxification, it depends on our diet. It depends on the chemicals that we put in our body Um, especially, um, if we're in a really dense area, like right in the middle of the city or something like that, all of those things, we have to detox in order for us to connect in. Right. So depending on how connected we are, the more that you can actually become aware of the more you can tap into. So the crystals will show you what's going on and they will clear it for you.
1: Hmm right beautiful Mm. so yeah it's a just it's a tool and yeah beautiful okay I'm just sorting it out (laughs) sorting it out in my own head because I don't use crystals I mean I have crystals in the house I've got a little sort of mob of crystals over there but um, just because I think they're pretty but I don't actually use them I don't really know how to use them. So for people at home that have crystals that don't know how to use them, what would be the, you know, obviously doing a course and understanding how to use them, but what would, what could you sort of say to people about using crystals just if they've got them in their home?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. One of the first things that they need to do is um, connecting into the crystal but before they can connect into the crystal, they need to first connect into themselves as the barometer So I like to do this scanning process where you don't have any crystals, nothing on your body, because it's really important that you're completely neutral and starting from the top of your head, just becoming aware of any type of energy that you sense. Like if you had a headache, you would sense energy here. Right now, the same thing is like, if you had heartache, you might feel something around here. Now when you kind of go through your body and you scan all of the areas of your body, then you get a kind of like an imprint of like what's your neutral point like what where you're at okay so that's the first starting point because you have to first know who what your energy is before you introduce an energy in so once you've got your energy gauge then you pick up a crystal Now, it's really important that you clean your crystal. So the best way to clean your crystal is running water or sage, Palo Santo, things like that. Um, So it's always really good to clean them if you haven't cleansed, cleansed them for a while, just so that that way you're not picking up anything. And then you hold the crystal and then do the same activity. See what happens when you hold that crystal and even spend a moment just like looking at it because energy works with intention. And so if you are aware of what you're connecting into, it activates it. It actually creates as an activation of that crystal because the crystal's conscious. And so a lot of the time when we go into a crystal shop and we gravitate towards a crystal, it's because crystals actually work with our, um, our, our brainwaves they connect in through the same thing that the brain waves connect into. They're connecting into that ether. And so we're for some reason drawn to this crystal, not because it's beautiful, but because our consciousness is saying that's the vibration that you need right now. And so that's the first thing I do is I, I get my students to lay out all their crystals and just by whatever one calls them, which whichever one it is, not just because it's their favorite crystal, but which one's actually kind of like pulling towards them. And so that's the one that I tell them to start working with. And that's the way that you kind of connect into the consciousness of the crystal. And once you've actually connected in, you know, maybe opened up your heart because it's really important to not go in with this sense of like, Oh, this is stupid because you know, that's, automatically just dropping you into doubt and you're not trusting in the process but if you go well what have I got to lose let's let's you know acknowledge this this beautiful object and crystals are so beautiful even like the you know the the ones that can be really different and interesting they're still quite beautiful in the way that being created and just acknowledging it and then sitting and doing that same process again of like scanning the body talking to the crystal, saying whatever messages, whatever you need to share with me right now, I'm open to it, okay? And just allowing yourself to be aware, how does this change my vibration? Yeah, because if you realized before I had a really heavy headache. I felt really uncomfortable. I was emotionally very uncomfortable. I had a lot of thoughts in my mind. These are all, this is all energy in our body. And then if you hold that crystal and then you just kind of connect into it and then you go, oh, actually my emotions feel a lot more calm. You know, I'm not thinking about a million things anymore. Then you're realizing the transformation that's happening on a subtle level. And that's the
1: the medicine. Ah, beautiful. And so you're not saying that it has to be a specific right or wrong crystal, just a crystal that you're attracted to. And obviously if you've got a crystal in your home, maybe if you've bought it, you've been attracted to that crystal or even if somebody's given it to you, it's come to you for a reason, right? Uh, Like it's there, it's there. So uh, why judge it? There it is. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And if you've got a few, just pick the one that you're attracted to. Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, don't question what comes to you. Like if a thought pops up and you're like, oh, that's really random or a memory comes up, then that's the messages that are coming to you from that crystal. And you can go down the track of actually learning how to communicate with crystals. And so that's all the stuff I teach you. And it's not like, If I talk to this crystal, it's going to talk back to me. It's like physical, you know, feeling and asking questions similar to a pendulum without using a pendulum to actually get answers and find out what's going on with you and how the crystal is going to help you with that. So all of that's possible when we actually understand our own vibration and how we can actually tap into their vibration too. Yeah.
1: Yeah you know, I'm thinking of how we've been told that the Atlanteans were, you know, Atlantis was such an evolved society towards its end uh, until it went a bit pear-shaped. And they worked, I don't know, there's always been this story that they worked with crystals uh, and used them for an energy source and used them for propulsion and maybe even cooking. So I think that, we have, we're have we just tapping into understanding how to work with crystals because and obviously other societies know more about that. So we've got a lot to learn as a human consciousness, really, haven't we?
0: We're such babies when it comes to crystals. Like I've studied them for so many years now and the amount of wealth of knowledge and the non-biased wealth of knowledge, like you don't have to be religious, you don't even have to be spiritual to connect into crystals because there is no doctrination that you have to follow anything to work with crystals but if you do work with crystals the amount of information and and higher abilities that you can involve yourself is incredible and it's very fast it's very
1: very fast yeah wow beautiful yeah another tool because <clears throat> actually what you what you have said is what i do with my students i ask them to ask their pain what it's communicating so sometimes that really works and sometimes it doesn't maybe you're just confused because you're just so in the pain that you can't actually hear the message from the pain Uh, so maybe a crystal can really help clarify and amplify i've always seen crystals as an amplification of energy Mm -hmm. so they can amplify that guidance for you um yeah so, yeah, it's just a great tool to use in understanding yourself better and and helping transmute and transcend limiting thought forms and ideas, yeah.
0: Yeah, they can also give you um, you know awareness to your problem because yeah. if you have a shift from a crystal and then you look up what that crystal means, then it's going to give you, what it actually does. And that's going to give you some very big fat clues as to what you're resisting or what you're not looking at. Right. So they are in their own way, oracles.
1: Right. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Well um, you had another big shift over the last couple of years, (laughs) something you weren't expecting you. um, You know, you had this great job that you went to in uh, South America. Where is it? Costa Rica, Costa Rica. Do you want to talk about what happened?
0: Yeah, that was, oh my God. I'd been manifesting, creating a sustainable community for probably, I don't know, six years before I actually landed that position. And it was kind of like everything that I'd ever wanted. I was going to be the, um, I guess, person that everyone would go to in that community for a startup in Costa Rica with, I think it was like 62 eco lodges. So completely all sustainable in the forest, working with shamans on a beach and was like going to be living my best life. and was like, wow, I really manifested this. It was completely out of the blue. I was literally, I'm not a Facebook social media person. So if anyone ever messages me and wonders why I take so long to reply, it's because I'm very much in the moment of my life. And that's kind of one of those things that I don't really do a lot of, even though I know how important it is for marketing. But for some reason, spirit was like, go onto this you know, page. And I was like, really? Like I would never have gone onto this page. And then literally the first thing on there was like, are you interested in eco villages and working in sustainability? And this is a position in Costa Rica. And I was like, no way, there's no way I'm going to get that job. And they said, just apply for it. What have you got to lose? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to apply for it. I had a meeting and they literally loved me so much. They offered me the position straight away.
1: Wow. Amazing. Because you were, um, I was going to the temple and um, it was, it's a little space, but right in the middle of the city, like you couldn't get more central than where the temple is in the, in the craziness, right next to central station where all the trains come in and the business area. And there was this little pocket of light in the middle of the city that you were facilitating and running. And, and, um, and then you're like, right guys, I'm going see ya (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like oh okay (laughs) somebody else I think was running it after that you sort of put it in somebody else's hands Put here's my baby hold my baby for me and what happened you get over to Costa Rica what happened
0: yeah that I was actually in North Carolina and I was studying with one of my mentors Dr Robert Gilbert who is the head of Vesica Institute. Um, And I was studying a course called Biogeometry, which was actually the technology from Atlantis. So it's all of the studies on how the Egyptians would create all of their temples and you know it was based on because the Egyptians were kind of like the follow-on from Atlantis and the you know the things that they're understanding about the the pyramids and how they were made is just like it's it's beyond human capacity because they weren't really humans that were creating these temples they were beings
1: that had technology beyond beyond what we have and so and, and mm-hmm. use the element. I, I had another guest on the show that said, you know, the, the pyramids were created because they know how to work with the elements. Like you're saying, you're like, yeah. Anyway, go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So they do, they work with not just the elements of, you know, um, what we understand like fire, earth, water and all that, but they understand the elements of number, color, shape, And all of these are the aspects of what creates our reality. Everything has a basis on shape, color, you know, and that's how when we understand it that's real magic but that's like what they were using and they were using that to find specific points on the ground that would have the highest frequency and then they would harness that to actually create these temples and they use that as a way to actually tap into these higher vibrations so that they could actually bring this information and this this technology through So anyway, that was what I was studying over in North Carolina. I was like, literally like in this world of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening on my last leg of the trip. And then I realized something was really bizarre cause I love Mexican food. And every time I ate Mexican food, I just felt absolutely sick. And I was just like, what is wrong with me? I'm just like, this is not happening. And everything smelt weird. And I was like, so in tune with my body. And I remember just being like, okay, I'm gonna do a, a card reading. And as soon as I saw this little the card which is the sun which has a little baby (laughs) riding a horse and then there was the queen with the pentacles and i was just like oh my god i'm pregnant and so (laughs) i literally (laughs) i went to the the chemist the next day and bought a test and found out i was pregnant and so that was the beginning of a totally different journey yeah exactly (laughs)
1: A totally different journey. And so, what decisions did you make when you found that out?
0: Wow. Well, I was still going to go to Costa Rica. And then my teacher was like, Look, I just want you to know that the Zika virus is over there. And he was like, Even if there's a very slim chance that you could get it, any chance is the one that you don't want to take with your child. And just having that peace of mind that you can bring this child into the world as healthy as possible is what I would recommend. And I don't think I'm not a fear conscious person, but I do believe that, you know, you don't take risks when there's something so precious, you know, in your body. And so that was the one thing that made me, go okay i think it's time to go back home not only that it was important to be with the father and my family during this time of like you know growing this being in my body so yeah that was really part of the whole coming back and going through another transformation of surrender and what absolutely. am i doing back in australia after letting go of everything
1: right absolutely A- absolutely i remember you hearing you talk about that Journey of surrender, a real sliding doors moment, you know, making a decision, uh, one life or another life, and um, y- yeah, and uh, coming back to Sydney and and becoming a mum, <laughs> yeah, <Yep. laughs> to a beautiful little girl, yeah, my little who- daughter who was born on my birthday. <laughs> there you go.
0: That's why I had to come back so that you guys can be <laughs>
1: united. <laughs> it's so funny. During that time, just after she was born, I went to another event, a book launch of a friend of mine, and there was a brand new baby there. And she was born on the same day. And I'm like, oh, these babies are coming in on the 27th because it's a it's a big, it's a big day that those numbers are big numbers. Like two is about service and seven is about spirituality. So in service to spirituality, and then together they make nine, which is about the evolution of human humanity. So Mm -hmm. in service to spirituality for the evolution of humanity, it's, it's kind of like, you know, they're they're big numbers. And, uh, and then I had another beautiful angel healer on the show recently or in the inner sanctum, and um, her birthday was the same day too. And I'm like, wow. Cause I hadn't met so many people with the birthday that was the same as mine. And recently I'm meeting lots of people. So yeah. So lots of people in service to yes. spirituality for the evolution of humanity. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's like, you know, as she's only like 13 or 14 months now and her connection to spirit and her abilities are so apparent and it's like now more than ever I'm realizing you know the way forward as a mother is teaching all of these other parents how to understand their children how to actually nurture those abilities so that they don't get shut down
1: because they are the future absolutely and the kids coming in now are just so tapped in turned on tuned in to higher higher realms higher consciousness always dialed into higher dimensions which is that adhd always dialed into higher dimensions right mm-hmm. not that she's adhd but so many of them are it's they are they're just they're always dialed into these higher dimensions and mm-hmm. uh, and parenting these children uh, can be a challenge to our conditioned mind you know, to what we think we're supposed to be and supposed to do, it's a real challenge. It sort of knocks knocks you out of the conditioning, really. Um, yeah. How have you found being a parent and you, Mum? I've had to, like,
0: stop comparing, right? Because like you said, there's so many things that if you compare yourself to what you think you're supposed to do, A, I would get so guilty and have so much shame. And like my own inner child was coming up because of not being seen and heard and going, am I going to create that for her? So that was one of the biggest things that I had to heal in myself was the trauma that I experienced as a child and not to compare myself to her and not to guilt myself because that was never going to help her in any way, shape or form. So that was a huge learning. And then the second one was to just let her be, let her be, you know, late late bloomer if she was going to be one you know not com, not need her to be anything just like completely stay in the present of who she is where she's at and just allow myself to be available to her because that's what she really needs is like a, a parent that is completely transparent you know, not like trying to always be happy mom. Like there's times when I'm doing my work in this world and then being a mom on top of that, it can be completely overwhelming. And so I'll have to honestly let her know from a place of like mommy's doing the best that she can right now and I know that you chose to be here with me because we have a big path and you're gonna have to understand that it's not always gonna be easy yeah <laughs> you know like get her to understand that there will be times where it's challenging for both of us because I think it's un- unnatural to create this this whole, everything's always perfect. Everything's great, you know, because it's not the way that the world runs. It's like, you know, that acknowledgement of there are times when we will be challenged.
1: Absolutely. And that's why we came, we came for those challenges. So meet the challenges with grace and don't ignore them and push them under the carpet. That's what I see a lot of spiritual people do. No, that's not happening. I'm love and light. That can't happen to me. It's like, yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Let's deal with it. But, you know, I remember parenting Annika, I had to let go of, uh, which is something that she loves and she hates, of me seeing myself as her only mother because she holds a lot of dolphin energy. Like she's this little sea baby, right? She's dolphin crazy. You know, the dolphin community, it's like you don't really You have one person that births you, but you have this community that mothers you. And that's exactly how she was brought up because her, her, her father's sister never had a child. So she was really mothering to her. Her grandmother left her, her children, other children and grandchildren in Europe and so she was the only grandchildren so she really mothered her then she had a her father's best friend never had a daughter so she really mothered her then there was a gay couple that wanted a daughter and took her father's sperm and they really mothered her so she had this community of mothers and for a mother you're it was kind of like you have to let go of ego that says i'm her mother. And what I say goes because there are all these other mothers that are mothering her. And um, so that was my challenge, but just to, to see that, okay, I gave birth to her. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm her only mother, Mm. Um, which is, which was a conditioned thought form that I had to let go of. Um, So it's like having this community, this family, you know, bringing up a child, this, community bringing up a child as opposed to the two parents yeah. yeah which is probably what you're going through as well right
0: oh yeah she has a lot of aunties <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: A lot of people wanting to mother her (laughs)
0: massively. Yeah. And she's, she's good with people. And I think that's a good thing about her. She doesn't, I mean, obviously she knows mom and protection and, and we create that foundation for her to have self-governance because that's kind of our roles as parents is to make sure she knows what's her boundaries, her limits and how to keep herself in check. Um, But you know outside of that i think it's really important for her to understand people and and you know she can get love from so many people so you know that's a good thing right
1: exactly collective love exactly her parents are the only two that or parents or grandparents or fa- are not the only people that can love her yeah yeah, collective love. I think that's something as humans we really need to understand that love is not um, exclusive, that it's inclusive. And it's not just like just because you're her parents or her grandparents that you love and nurture her, that it's, um, yeah, love is an inclusive exercise. Everybody can love. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody can love. Yeah. Oh, darling, what what else would you like to leave us with? There's so many, you've got so many gems and pearls to share with people and wisdom what would you like to leave people with? What's a message you like to leave people with and tell people what you're up to because most Um, of your events and workshops are in person, right? They're not online. Yeah. Most of them I do try
0: to focus on online and on in person, but I have got stuff coming out online and, for me, the, the the reason I do things in person is because I'm such a community person. Um, and I find that the tribe or, you know, the, the group keeps on becoming larger and, and that sense of finding people that are like-minded is so important for a lot of people, especially during COVID. But I think 2021 is really about, you know, how do we take that community to the next level? So we're really looking at how do we create land with, you know, print Principles around what we understand as, as community and, um, you know, developing our crystal knowledge through this biogeometry course and how can we start to heal the planet? How can we start to raise each other up through this consciousness of, you know, letting go of the blame game and seeing each other as the reflections? So, you know, that's kind of my focus is like really creating that ascension, connecting into the First Nations as well. And, you know, how how do we handle ourselves with the challenges that we face as as a collective?
1: Absolutely. And maybe that dream, that Costa Rican dream, is something that you will create rather than becoming a part of somebody else's dream, you'll create a community that creates exactly what they're creating in Costa Rica. Totally. Yeah. So it's still there. It doesn't mean that it's gone away. It's just not at the time, but it it also made you aware of it and you can, um, you know, watch what they're doing and they can, you can learn from them and they can learn from you. It's like, you could collaborate and yeah the dream's still there it hasn't gone away
0: <laughs> no definitely not it's still going to be watch this space <laughs> yeah
1: yeah absolutely oh darling one beautiful one it's been such a joy hearing your story and um for people listening you can check out uh cassandra's website at cassandra with us a, with this a, with akka k-a-double-s-a-m-d-r-a-s-c-a-r-d-i-n-o.com And uh, you'll find more about her there. Thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so blessed to have met you. And it's just, you know, we're obviously on each other's path for some very important things. So thank you so much.
1: How beautiful to learn so much more about crystals. I'm actually going to do exactly what Cassandra asked us to do. I've got some pain in my hip or lower back and I'm going to, I've been asking my pain What are you showing me? What are you showing me? And I'm sure it's talked to me about a million times and I'm just not getting the message. I'm a bit thick. So I'm going to use a crystal and uh, ask. Yeah. Isn't she gorgeous? So beautiful. And we forgot to mention Chris, her partner, who's daddy to her beautiful Aurora, her beautiful daughter. Uh, He's beautiful. He's such a great daddy. He's just, he was just so happy. (laughs) She came back and she said, I'm pregnant. Uh, they're just such a gorgeous little family and uh, together they're doing amazing work in Sydney, holding the light, holding the space and and really helping people on their spiritually awakening empowerment journey, especially the younger generation. You know, not my generation, a couple of generations younger than me, people waking up to know that they're here making a difference and um, exploring all it is consciousness technology, including crystals and healing, and awakening, and radical empowerment, radical um, radical responsibility, taking radical responsibility for how you flow your energy, and not making anyone responsible for how you you think and feel, taking back your sovereignty and your power and ownership. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I was just asking her about the twenty first uh, crystal Palladian. Uh, crystal alignment on the 21st of December and she's got an Aboriginal elder that uh, they're going to go into the bush and do ceremony and as I am but they're going to go to a different place (laughs) but uh, she said that she's got this Aboriginal elder that um, that knows all about it and he's choosing a place that they're going to go and do some ceremony and yeah be available for the collective uh, alignment on the 21st of december which will be the 20th i think in the u.s anyway it's all beautiful all good i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did and uh please remember to like and subscribe and share the shows and all that sort of stuff i'm starting to think about next year teachers and guests for next year i've got a few few people booked in for next year i was just speaking to michael tomorrow or not speaking to him he sent me an email just before i came on Uh, to be our guest teacher in the inner sanctum next year and uh, just before I I turned the you know went went, went on the recording he said that he can't do the date that I've asked so anyway I wanted to talk to Michael about um, soul age and soul agreements and uh, what we kind of choose to experience when we come in and different soul ages he mentioned it in the inner sanctum or one of the shows I did and I have been meaning to contact him to expand on that Uh, anyway there's a great website called the michael teachings not his website but the same name uh, which talks about soul age and what people come in to um, learn different soul ages or soul you can't really soul doesn't really have an age but the different um, age of experience in density i suppose it is and uh, anyway so who's coming up Uh, our next week i have a man that sue walker told me about or daryl stokes who takes photographs of orbs communicates with spirit through his lens so he's coming on next week that'll be interesting and Paige lee choose to believe she's coming on after that on the show dr robert young i'm going to talk about i haven't actually confirmed him i was going to put him in in february march next year but i might squeeze him in before the end of the year uh, just after christmas we'll see i've got to confirm dates with him talking about health um, as we've uh, been so focused on the health of humanity and fear around health and everything but he's uh, he's fascinating he's been on quite a few different shows he's fascinating yeah he sent me a lovely email i didn't know how spiritual he was or how far down the consciousness rabbit hole because he's uh, sort of a mainstream doctor And I told him who I am and what I do. And he said, oh, not to worry. I believe all these things too. I'm totally with you. But he works in the mainstream medical world, uh, not as an energy healer, but he understands the principles of energy healing. And, um, yeah, so fascinating man. And Mother Mary is coming in uh, for our last guest in the Inner Sanctum uh danielle gibbons is coming in to speak to us so it'd be gorgeous to speak to danielle she's confirmed and mother mary for the message for the end of this year to our little tribe online tribe i just love they're so they're quite different danielle and mother it's really interesting Uh, if you watch the last show i did with her you know i'm chatting with danielle and then mother comes through and it's, it's a completely different energy and belief system and frequency and everything it's just amazing how that works but mother is always enlightening and beautiful and gorgeous and uh that yeah so that's what's happening on the show uh and in the inner sanctum so join us online in the inner sanctum on our little online tribe where we uh accelerate activate <laughs> and accentuate the new world teachers um many of them i sort of uh you know push them out there to be who they've come to be in the world because. We can let a lot of our uh, limiting ideas stop us from making a difference in this world. You know, who am I? I'm not good enough. My story's boring. I'm not amazing like all the people you have on your show. You know, we come up with so many excuses why we can't get out there and share our stories and make a difference in the world. And I help you with all that stuff. I help you with all those limiting ideas you have around yourself. And the reason I do that is because I had them. I was like exactly like that. Who am I? Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm nobody. My story isn't interesting. And what's really interesting that over the years as I've been listening to people's stories, like it's been 20 years um, facilitating the Academy of Light, I realised, oh, actually, my story is pretty amazing. I have got something to say. You know, that happened to me too. And I, I think that we have to... Yeah, every part of our story is interesting to help others on their journey, on their awakening journey. It's all valued and valuable. So value yourself and your story and your wisdom. And love you all. Thanks again for watching and listening. See you soon. Bye for now.